This is Financial Standard, the definitive source of news, thought leadership and analysis for Australian wealth management professionals. Financial Standard. Take the lead. I'm Cassandra Baldini with Financial Standard. Well, it's that time of the year again. The financial year is closing out and clients will be leaning on financial advisors a little more than usual. Today, I'm joined by an advice technical and regulatory expert who has spent over a decade working in financial services, assisting advisors and businesses. BT's Tim Howard. Tim, thank you so much for jumping on the show today. Pleasure. Great to be here. You've been providing strategic advice to advisors for a long time, and almost every year there's something different to account for. What are the big considerations this year, and how can advisors help clients prepare? Probably a number of considerations coming into year end. Whilst we sort of found that from a superannuation or a tax point of view, some thresholds are changing going into the new year. So there's some opportunities, I think, maybe before year end to look to maximise contributions this year and even look to uh, delay starting pensions until next year. Now, both of those strategies are really dependent on uh, the client's individual position as always. From a contribution point of view, I think that given the impending change to personal income tax rates, which remains on the horizon, it remains legislative for 1 July 2024, there's actually an advantage in looking to make uh, concessional contributions this year or next year uh, ahead of the reduction in personal income tax cuts. Uh, That is particularly relevant if you are on a sort of a middle to a higher income Mm -hmm. because with the reduction in personal income tax, you're going to have a a sort of a reduction in the benefit that you might get. There's still a benefit there, but the benefit you might get from a personal contribution going forward in those years. On the other end of the spectrum, if you happen to have a higher uh, amount in superannuation, you're approaching retirement, looking to start an account-based pension, what we are seeing, uh, and it's well documented, is the increase in the tra- personal uh, or the general transfer balance cap into next year, which means that if you haven't fully utilised your, per- uh, your uh, personal transfer balance cap uh, from previous years, you're going to benefit from some indexation, which might mean that delaying the commencement of a pension allows you to put more money uh, into retirement phase. And are there any other sort of differences between um, accumulators and those in the pension phase? Uh, well, it's sort of two ends of the spectrum. Any, e- even clients who have entered pension phase, uh, dare I say, these days may still be in a position where they're looking to accumulate uh, more in superannuation or looking to do a, a withdrawal recontribution strategy. And the reason for that is with the uh, removal from this year of the work test for uh, voluntary member contributions, there's been this increased opportunity for those who might have already retired are just thinking about pensions, realising that, hey, I can now make uh, a voluntary contribution to super right up to the age of 75, even though uh, I'm no longer working. So there's an advantage um, in that uh, for people in that position. And what about deductions available for investments and property investments and shares? So deductions, are making sure property investments, making sure you've kept, hopefully, as you do every year, uh, all records of any expenses associated with your property, making sure you provide them to your tax agent so that you can claim uh, against uh, any income, any eligible uh, income expenses, uh, any capital expenses can be kept on record to be used when you do uh, look to sell the property uh, in the future. 
Similar applies from share investments. People may have borrowed uh, to invest in uh, direct portfolio shares, listed securities, managed funds, um, making sure that you, if you've done that, that you're keeping your interest costs, keeping all your dividend statements, all your uh, annual statements from your managed funds around the distributions that need to be included in your income tax return for this financial year. As individuals, there can also be uh, an opportunity to prepay um, some interest in certain circumstances on things such as investment loans and actually look to increase the deductions that you might get in this year by prepaying some of those expenses that cover periods up until the end of next year. So that is a, a very much a, a tax consideration that you want to check with your tax agent before moving forward on that. Uh, but it is an opportunity that can be available to some individuals. And how else can advisors assist their clients this end of financial year? I think making sure if you look at uh, you know the number of calls that our team take in at BT and the proportion of calls that I'm taking from advisors in the last couple of weeks around contribution planning uh, is just by far the most most uh, sort of common question that we're getting. So you're looking at things such as not just maximising your contributions to superannuation this year, but looking at eligibility for such things as the carry forward uh, concessional cap. So looking back up to what will ultimately be five full financial years, but at the moment, we can only look back four years to the 18, 19 year to say, hey, if my client's got any unused cap space, uh, perhaps we can look at making a concessional contribution uh, this year over and above the general concessional cap and just being able to work that out. So advisors just want, and they're looking for a bit of of clarity around how these rules work. Uh, If a client perhaps made no contributions in one year, but had a total super balance in that year above 500,000. Can we carry forward that unused cap space? If I get the client to log into their MyGov account, uh, look at the ATO profile, is that going to be correct around how much carry forward cap space that they do uh, or don't have? And just getting the timing right on that coming into end of year. You've got to keep in mind as well that a lot of public office super funds will have cutoff dates. Uh, around accepting contributions. Whilst you can get a contribution up in theory right up to 30th of June, a lot of products will say we won't accept or we can't guarantee that we'll accept a contribution um, you know, in the days or the week leading up to that cutoff. So that's a product-based judgment uh, that advisors need to be aware of uh, when advising clients around you know, the final contributions for this year. Well, flipping over from clients to advisors, can we talk about business owners? I mean, what do they need to be thinking about and what opportunities are there for small business owners? So a few things to think about that are on the immediate and the longer term horizon, I think, for business owners. The first is going to be the increase to superannuation guarantee. So this is not really getting as much mention as it used to, but the rate of SG is continuing to increase uh, up to 12% in a few years' time, but half a percent each year, uh, 11% from 1 July next financial year. So if they do have employees, need to make sure they make adjustments in their payroll systems to ensure that uh, their increased obligation to pay super guarantees being made for their employees. A lot of advisors probably saw that just before the federal budget, the government made an announcement that they intend to introduce legislation to have payday superannuation, uh, superannuation guarantee payments. So as a lot of us understand, super guarantee uh, at 
minimum is due at the end of each quarter uh, of each uh, for, for eligible employees. Government's proposed that from, at this stage, 1 July 2026, so a number of years away yet, superannuation guarantee is going to need to be paid at the same time uh, as individual salary and wages. So that's not law yet. It is a couple of years away, but it's something to keep in mind uh, from an administrative point of view for small businesses, particularly uh, advisors that might have employees. Advisors themselves uh, that are running their own business still need to remember maybe from a professional standards point of view, uh, if they haven't yet met their education pathways, they have until one January 2026 to do that. So that's really the last piece in the puzzle for uh, professional standards for advisors. A lot of advisors are still on the pathway to meeting their their education standards by that date. Uh, A lot of advisors as well might be waiting for the uh, experience pathway to become law, uh, which we are still waiting on, seeing consultation around that, but still waiting on enabling legislation on that uh, to help them decide whether they, yes, do need to complete uh, those missing education uh, pieces for the professional standards, or maybe they'll be qualified and be eligible for the experience pathway. But that's certainly been something that's been on the plate of advisors uh, in addition to running their own business um, if they are self-employed for a number of years now since professional standards were first introduced in one January or from one January 2019. Well, brilliant. Tim, thank you so much for sharing those insights with us today. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to this Financial Standard podcast. For more information, visit financialstandard.com.au. Please keep in mind that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider personal circumstances. Reliance should not be placed on any content without further independent financial research and advice. 